Welcome everyone to Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I'll be your mindset coach this evening. So today we're going to be talking about cancel culture. What is it? How did it start? And is it a good thing? Now, I hear many people saying that cancel culture is so bad and they're afraid that cancel culture just can come in and take away, but it's different in the sense of if you are a celebrity, right? Someone who is front and center, the world can like you or they can dislike you. And we're going to be talking about that today in today's podcast. If you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Do all those things that videos like. And let's get into what cancel culture is. Cancel culture or call out culture is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles, whether it be online, on social media, or in person. Those subject to this ostracism are said to have been canceled. The expression cancel culture has mostly negative connotations and it is used in debates on free speech and and censorship. The notion of cancel culture is a variant on the term call out culture and constitutes a form of boycotting or shunning involving an individual, often celebrity, who is deemed to have acted or spoken in an unacceptable manner. Now, some critics argue that cancel culture has a chilling effect on public discourse. Others argue that call that calls for cancellation are themselves a form of free speech and that they promote accountability. Some public figures claim to have been canceled while continuing their careers as before. And call-out culture has been in use since 2014 as part of the Me Too movement. Okay, so now we have a little bit of background on what cancel culture is. When I was reading that, something rang out to me, and it was toward the end, and it says, others argue that calls for cancellations are themselves a form of free speech and that they promote accountability. It's almost a double standard, in a sense, and I'm going to break that down. The reason why it's a double standard is because they have free speech to not like what someone said, but the person who said whatever they said now, the person disagrees, of course, right? They are being held accountable. So is their free speech important, right? They were able to say what they wanted, but then there's repercussions for them to say what they said. And they may say, I don't really like dogs. Oh my God, he doesn't like dogs. Cancel him. Maybe they say they don't like cats and oh my God, he doesn't like cats. Cancel him. It is silly for this concept of canceling someone because they have an opposing view. Why can't we see someone who has an opposing view or a different standpoint and have a cordial conversation? It's because that has vanished. And I can't even tell you when it vanished. I mean, I've experienced this when I was working in, I was in finance at the time. And I had a mentor who was part of the program and she was supposed to basically be there to help me make choices. And one day we had the mentor was a woman. She was young. She was probably only five years older than me, if that. And she was a petite white woman. Meeting went just us having a conversation. 
Well, little did I know, would she go to my supervisor and say that she was shaking in fear because we had a conversation. I thought that was interesting. How in the world are you shaking in fear when we just talked? We talked about college. We talked about aspirations. We talked about dreams. I guess my dreams are so big enough to that they scared her because she went to my supervisor and she said that your mentor said that she was shaking in fear after they, after she left the meeting. And I told my supervisor, I was like, we just had a conversation. I told her exactly what we talked about. And of course, the supervisor is going to go with the mentor. The mentor is there, has been there longer than me. And she was just like, well, this is a learning lesson for you. What did I learn? That I have to tiptoe in life, that I have to censor my words because what I say can hurt someone's feelings. Hmm. It sounds like she's weak and she's going to be weak for the rest of her life if she can't figure it out. Probably still is. Of course, supervisor talks to me. Supervisors talk to me. We had two supervisors talk to me and one supervisor was so interesting. Him and I were good friends. And I told him, I was like, we had a conversation. I literally told him exactly what we talked about. And he just said, leave it alone. It's like, your word doesn't matter anymore. Discredit it, right? From this mentor, from the first supervisor who sided with this mentor, because they were friends. They had the first interaction together. So the moment the mentor talked to the supervisor, they're buddy, buddy. Oh, no, this is not going to happen. Not on my watch. I'm going to protect you, mama bear. Maybe it was because they were both women. Maybe, right? I don't want to throw it out there like that. But and what is cancel culture? Saying that you have to not like this person because they're saying things that are dangerous. And in the thumbnail, we have a few celebrities that are under attack of cancel culture. We have Dave Chappelle, we have Elon Musk, Alex Jones, and Joe Rogan. That's just a few celebrities that are currently under attack in scrutination from the general populace on what they do, what they say, what they did. And as long as cancel culture is around, can we really have a say? Can we really use our First Amendment of freedom of speech and say what's really on our minds, what's really in our hearts? Because if we say something that opposes someone else's beliefs, it becomes dangerous. So looking at Dave Chappelle first. Dave Chappelle had some issues when The Closer came out as a Netflix original and he had some conversations, right? They could be jokes or, or whatever you want to call them about the transgender community. Not happy and they wanted him canceled, wanted the movie removed and a public apology. Well, who are they? Who are they to say that, oh my God, you hurt my feelings. You need to apologize so I can feel better. No, just because you are weak doesn't mean I have to be weak. And that's going to be a common threat. And just because I say something that hurts your feelings doesn't mean I have to apologize to you. Now, if you are that sensitive 
You need to not turn on vision. You need to not look at yourself. You need to go through life tiptoe and make it safely to wherever you need to be in life. Because if something like this is going to hurt you, where a comedian, he's a comedian, has a conversation, tells a story. It's a joke. It's part of the act. Whether he believes it or not does not matter. And it hurt your feelings. Grow up. Then we go to Elon Musk. He was on a a podcast and he said some things and this is just him being honest, right? But then we have to look at who this man is, right? He's maybe the richest man in America, right? In, in, In the nation. Possible, right? I mean, we look at what he's done with Tesla and SpaceX. He's done some amazing things. But now he's just giving his opinion, right? His freedom of speech. He's just saying that he believes something is incorrect. And as soon as he says that, oh my God, the whole world is in an uproar. Basically, he's criticized on the idea of wokeness. And political correctness, he says, is one of the greatest threats to civilization. And that is going to be if someone doesn't say something politically correct, then they are dangerous. Look at Alec Jones. He doesn't necessarily say things that are tiptoeing on the sense or on the premise of someone's feelings, right? He's telling you the truth. And as long as he's telling the truth, he's going to keep on getting views. He's going to keep on growing because people realize that they're being lied to. Now, of course, political correctness is a term that we have to understand. Because if you're politically correct, you're just giving an answer that doesn't hurt anyone's feelings. When you have a beauty pageant, for example, with Miss America, uh, Miss Universe, whatever, right? When they give you an answer, it's a fluffy, airy answer where there's nothing really wrong with it. No one can really scrutinize against it. They go, "Hmm, yeah, it's pretty good. And everyone loves it. Politically correct. Out to not hurt anyone's feelings. Not trying to make an enemy. Politically correct. What I say is going to be good all around. Now, I'm all about making sure you don't purposely go out and hurt someone's feelings. My job is not to go out and to destroy people. Right? I want to lift people up. Now, sometimes people want to fight. They want to fight and they're going to do everything in their power to fight getting back up. Because if someone is down and I'm trying to help them up, they're like, oh, I don't want your help. You said this about this. And no matter what I do, they're going to argue about what I'm doing, helping them. So I leave them to their own devices because nothing I say will reach them. And it's because they have put a belief and operate under a set of values that they're not willing to budge on. They don't want to change. And you can't change a person who doesn't want to change. What I do as a mindset coach is I help influence people toward the changes they want in life. Now, I can't say, you're going to be successful. And I grab them by the neck and I say, you're going to be successful whether you like it or not. I can't do that. I can't just lift people up and say, you're successful. 
you're successful. Everyone's successful. Everyone is going to get success. I can't do that. And even if I could, people would resent me because they're going to say, why are you changing me? Why can't I just be me? Why can't you accept me? Politically correct. Now I'm trying to help the world, yet they're rebelling against me. They're saying, no, we don't want what you have to offer. We want to just live our life the way it has always been going. Similar to the analogy, you could bring a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. And that's what we're happening. And, you know, that's what's happening in society. That's what cancel culture is. You can give them the truth. It doesn't mean they have to listen. Now, after Elon Musk, we're going to go into another person who's going to be scrutinized and hated upon. And that's going to be Alex Jones. So Alex Jones, he is a conspiracy theorist, people will say, and he has views that many people don't believe. And since he has views that many people don't believe, he is now considered dangerous. And I mean, quote, dangerous because he has a different viewpoint. And though he has said many things that could be considered hate speech, he's not hating on anyone. He's telling the truth. He's saying what needs to be said, what people are afraid to say. So he's not necessarily being politically correct in the mannerism how he's approaching, giving you data. Because he could say, everyone, I want you to look at this article that I found on CNN. And they say that the vaccines don't work. And I just want you, I want to share this with you. So you can have the same information that I have and you can help protect your family. That's a politically correct answer. Now, here's, a, here's going to be the hard truth. Studies from Princeton, Harvard, Yale, wherever, right, have shown that the vaccine is not going to protect you from the virus. And he can go on and explain the data, and he can go on and explain why it's dangerous, and people are going to say, oh my God, he's dangerous. He's telling me not to do what the government's telling me to do. So they ban him. So they cancel him. People are so quick to judge someone on their initial interaction with them or through the grapevine and not really dig down deep of who this person is. Now, if I was going to be working with someone I've never met in my whole entire life, I'm going to operate under the premise of, I don't care what the world says about you. I am going to figure out how I should care about you, how I should view you. And when I met Alex Jones, an amazing guy, a great father, a great boss, people can't see that. And the reason they can't see it is because they're so busy judging. They're worrying about what he has done in his life. They're worrying about all the change he's trying to create. And guess what happens? People are going to oppose it. And as long as people oppose viewpoints, it's going to, it's going to create a populace of cancel culture. And our last person is going to be Joe Rogan. Now, Joe Rogan is going to be a 
podcast host. He has the Joe Rogan experience. And recently, in the past year or so, he has been using his platform to tell the truth, to tell people what is going on really in the world. And if you know anything about Joe Rogan, he understands the importance of showing data. Now, if he says something incorrect, he will publicly apologize. He has. But when he comes out with information, he has the articles. He has the websites. He has the doctors and the scientists come on and explain what's really going on. And he has a conversation. He asked the questions that people are too afraid to ask. Since these questions are so scary, since these questions are so far left in the corners and the shadows, guess what happens? People are going to say, uh-oh, he's dangerous. He's using his, his influence to change people. That's scary. Because a man who holds himself accountable to all he does and all he says is still censored and is still attacked for telling the truth. So what is cancel culture? It's just people who can't accept the truth. The harsh reality is the world is not going to be gumdrops and rainbows every single day. It's going to be difficult times. You're going to have hard times. You're going to have traumas. And everyone is so quick to play victim that they're not willing to take action and they're not willing to take accountability for their own opinions, for their own viewpoints, for understanding that their truths doesn't have to be someone else's truth. So as long as cancel culture is around, as long as people can say this person did this and I'm going to attack this person's character, people are going to continue to be afraid. People are going to continue to not go out and live their best life because they're going to shun their potential for the sake of comfort, for the sake of not going through the hard work of change because applying change in your life is difficult. And if you're thinking under a cancel culture mindset, you are operating under a victim type of mindset. This person said this, they hurt my feelings. I'm upset. I need to argue. I need to fight back. And I'm not saying that you can't fight back. Fight back all you want. But there's a difference between saying you're a victim and then fighting back. Color of my skin, for example. I'm a black man. Do you think that I haven't experienced any type of racism in my life? Yeah, I have. I don't allow it to make me a victim. Because nothing comes from it. Being a victim is a waste of time. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, Bad things happen to me. Grow up. Handle your business. Well, my father taught me. And I'm going to remember that to the day I die. Handle your business. It doesn't matter what someone says about you. You know the truth. If you build a character, a value system, no matter what someone says about you, people are going to be able to look at what was said and they're going to say, No, that's not true. 
that's wrong because they understand the person's values. And until you meet a person and you talk to them and you figure out what makes them tick, have a conversation with them, stick with them. Then you can get a good inclination of who this person really is. And when I was a teacher, all the kids, they saw me, Mr. Reardon, Mr. Reardon, they were excited. They were delighted. Parents, same thing. Thank you so much, Mr. Reardon. They come home and they're singing and they're dancing and they're doing everything they're supposed to do. And they're saying, you're so nice and you're so kind to everyone. Thank you. Right. I'm humbled. It's not, I'm not bragging. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled that students, parents, teachers will all say the same thing about me. And it's because every single day I gave a hundred percent. Every single day I gave every ounce of who I was so they could be more than who they were. That was my goal. That was my mission. And I'm happy to say I did a great job at it. And if anyone said anything negative about me, first thing people said or would do is like, Mr. Ritter? Really? I think you got the wrong guy. I think you got the wrong guy. So I built a character. I built a value system that no matter what was said about me, I was going to be able to stay true to who I was naturally. I didn't have to fake this. This is who I was. And now we have people like Dave Chappelle, Elon Musk, Alex Jones, Joe Rogan being attacked. But if you took some time to understand them, to talk to them, you would find that they're the sweetest, most kind-hearted people in the world. So the only question I have to ask you is why are you so willing to judge and not as willing to find out who they really are? I think it's a little bit of selfishness that you believe that whatever you read is the truth because the truth is hidden. And even though it might come out as plain view, you're not going to be able to see it if you're blinded by the lies and the structuring you have been developing over the years. You have to get out of that habit. You have to get out of that mindset. Because the cancel culture mindset is going to lead you downhill quick. And I don't want you to be down there. I don't want people to be depressed. I don't want people to be offended. But then at the same time, I would rather make people stronger. So if someone said something about them, their feelings weren't immediately hurt. If someone says something negative about me, I might go, ooh, my feelings. (laughs) Really? And I used to have this saying when I was a swim coach. Students will say something and they'll say, I don't like you because they're mad at me or whatever. Or they'll say, this is stupid. And I just had a saying. It was a blanket statement, especially in middle school, because they were the roughest uh, bunch that I had to deal with. Was be careful. You almost hurt my feelings. And that's all I said. Be careful. You almost hurt my feelings. And whenever I said that, they always thought like, oh, wait, sorry. I I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but what they didn't know was that I was in control of my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions. So my feelings were never going to be touched by anyone. I controlled them. So I always said that, and that acted as a cue for them to understand that what they said could be offensive to people. And number two, 
that I'm in control of my feelings. A higher level of thinking. Not everyone is there yet. So cancel culture is going to remain in stow as long as people cannot control their thoughts, their feelings, and their actions. And society right now is not going to train people to be powerful. Because if you can control those three, you start to become powerful. Society wants to keep you down. Society wants to keep you weak. And cancel culture wants to keep you hurt. And they want to keep their viewpoint front and center because they're right. They have to be right. Because if they're not right, they're wrong. And they can't handle being wrong right now. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach here in Austin, Texas. If you have any questions, email me at coachingaccession at gmail.com. Until next time, it will be Friday, Christmas Eve. Everyone take care.